black preachers who are, are racist in their hearts. Uh, they, are, they are not called by God, but they've been called by their mama. The Jesse Lee Peterson Show is the only program in existence which deals straight up with black Americans. So-called civil rights leaders want them angry, dumbed down, and demoralized. It's not the leaders that blacks need, but good fathers and mothers. Welcome to the show. My name is Jesse Peterson. Thank you for tuning in. Also, again, I appreciate your emails, your phone calls, and your letters. If you have any questions or you'd like to come on this show because you disagree with me about an issue or any issue, or you agree and you'd like to get your point of view out there, email me, call me, write me, and let me know. We'll gladly bring you on. And especially those people who disagree with me. I love talking to people like that. Today, my, my guest is Jeannie Strickland. She's the pastor of Christian Tabernacle Church in Midland, Texas. Jeannie, thanks so much for coming on. Oh, well, I appreciate you asking me to come on. Are you nervous at all? Oh, yeah. Oh, I've never can... been on TV like this before, so. <laughs> you can relax. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to have fun here. Um, I like talking to women about, especially women who are mm -hmm. pastors, mm -hmm. uh, because I didn't grow, when, I, when I was growing up, I didn't know women who were pastors. You know, I had not heard of that before. Were you called to be a pastor? Yes, sir. I fought it for a year. You fought uh, it? Yeah, but I could think I was really a pastor all my life because I think everybody's a, a pastor in their own way because men do it one way, women do it another way because if we take care of our families and we teach our children about the Lord, aren't we pastoring them, teaching yeah. them? We're what, doing ministry. Why did you fight it? You, you say you fought well, it for a while. Well, one thing, fight? you know, I was brought up going to Baptist churches and you know they don't look too well on women being pastors and, yeah you know we're always told you know you stay in the background the men do right. work you know and but you know I've always loved people and God I've known Jesus all my life my mother raised us when we was born she read the Bible to us and mother I guess you could say was a pastor in our home because she's the one really taught us about the Lord and were you were your father at home too Oh, yes, my dad was there, and he was a I'm blessed person with a good mother and a good dad. Were your dad a pastor? I know. He oh, was a school bus driver, and he ran a service station. Then he went to work for the school as a custodian, oh, okay. and he worked for so years. You say you fought it because... Well, I had that uh, thing, you know, about women supposed to stay in the background oh, and all that, and, you know, but see, Jesus, he's stronger, though, because he tells you he wants you to do something. You know, when the good Lord speaks to us, we got to listen. He worked on me for does a long it, time. Does it say in the Bible anywhere where a woman should uh, be the pastor of a church or over men like that? Well, I don't feel like I'm over men. You don't? No, I don't. Will you st uh, and, and why don't you feel that way? Well, for one thing, God always told me my brother is the head pastor, uh, Brother Roy Langley. Uh -huh. and, uh, and God always told me I was to help him. Do, brother. do the ministry work because he's got things for my brother to do. Oh, I see. So and what is your function as a co-pastor? Well, I preach and take care of the church when he's gone, like he was going to Brownward for, to do pastor work with our younger brother. i got a younger brother as a pastor, too. Oh, okay. Young, these are my two younger brothers. And and uh, they were working down there in Brownwood and helping uh, Pastor Brown down there. And... Uh, when I took care of the church, Cindy and I did. Cindy was co-pastor, too, and we both preached and teached. And 
than, you know, just what a pastor would do. So, you know, are, there, are there men in your church? In oh, the yeah. congregation oh, that yeah. are a member of your church? Oh, yeah. And they don't have a problem with you standing in a pulpit preaching to them? No. No problem at all? No problem at all. Are you surprised by that? No, not really, because when God pushed you in a place, you know, and you know he did, because when you sort of haggle back and forth with him about it, and yeah. he tells you do it, you know, and you got to mind the father. Do you counsel, uh, do you counsel I, men and women and families in your church? I do. You do counseling. Do you ever counsel men? I'll, usually I try to talk to them as a family because All I'm together. a, I'm a, well, I was, well, like I told you, I lost my husband in September. I've been a wife for 38 years. Right. And uh, I'm a mother and I'm a grandmother. And I feel like it's important for the families to come together because I, I feel like Satan is tearing the family down. Yes, ma'am. And I believe that it's very important that our families get pulled back together. And uh, Let me ask you this. When you counsel with families, I, I want to ask you about the man and woman relationship. What do women want? Men don't know anymore what they want. What do they want? Well, I really think women would like men to be the men and head of the house because uh, God set it up in order that man is the Godhead. That's right. And the woman is his helpmate. So if they want that, why do they fight it when men do those things? When they become the head of their family and making decisions and doing the right thing, women put up a battle. Not all, of course, but most do. Why do they fight them on it? Well, I think for one thing, women nowadays have a hard time knowing how to be wise to mothers because they didn't have a mother like I had. That's a good point. Because back when World War II, so many women had to go to work because men that were at war, that it sort of started tearing down the family foundation. Have you noticed that women fight men now? Or is this something that I'm yes, imagining? It's true. It's true. But I think women don't understand how important it is to be wives and mothers. How, what a great gift God gave us to be in that role. Because yeah. who else can shape children's lives? Who can shape the world? Is right in that home, rocking that cradle. And if you teach the kids love and kindness, to love other people, and not just think of self, that, you know, think, and love, first of all, love Jesus Christ. Because if you, we don't have Jesus in our homes, we're, we're yeah, in trouble yeah, anyway. Lot, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Are you, um, uh, when you tell women they need to come back to their proper state of being, stop fighting against men, do they listen to that? Uh, some do, but some, I don't know, they, you know, it's according if they get Jesus in the heart, because you know that makes the difference in the right. world. When you have Jesus in your heart and you can put somebody before yourself, because, you know, self gets in our way. Yes. All the time. That eye trouble thing is what I call it. And, uh, when they learn that they can be happy and they can feel important, it being a wife and a mother, and there's nothing wrong with a woman working if she wants to work and her husband wants her to work, but you know it's got to be a family decision. Um, and 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 sometimes I think women are cheated out of the time with their children yeah. and their husband when they have to work constantly. Yeah, because, it's hard on a woman to work and children. Yeah, because they got a full-time job taking care of the family. What, um, you were married 32 years, right? 38. 38 years. Mm -hmm. well, uh, were you, did you fight against your husband? 
I tried not to, you know, because, you know, everybody has their ups and downs, but I've always loved my husband. I always tried to respect him as being his house. Were you, were you difficult to deal with that time, though? I hope I wasn't. <laughs> I tried to, you know, give back and forth because, you know, I'm the type, and I always said I'm a mama hen. I always tried to take care of everybody. Right. You know, yeah. I guess mother taught me that, you know, because she yeah. always took care of everybody, and she yeah. always helped my daddy, and I had the good example. That's what's important. It is, a parent. Did you That's have right. a good husband? My husband was a good husband. He was a hard worker, but we lost two children. And he did fall apart, start drinking. Really? He was an alcoholic. How did you lose him? Well, he had quit drinking for three years because he started helping us do some work out the church and he come back to the Lord. Because, you know, he he wasn't an all-the-time church member goer or anything, but he'd go out there and work on the church. How did you lose your children? A fire. Really? We had a car got on fire and... Wow, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. And so your husband couldn't handle that and he started drinking? Well... See, I, I had the parents that taught me about Jesus, and Jesus held me up. You know, he but brought your brother, me through. I mean, your husband but my you. husband, he was raised in a broken home. He didn't have the background I had, you know. And I think that's the reason God put us together, because, you know, I, in ways a woman can help a husband by being strong in the Lord, you know, when he's falling down, she can, she can help him. Jane, let me way. ask you this: because of time, do do most women hate? Excuse <coughs> me. Do most women hate men? I don't think so. I think women really love men, but sometimes they don't know how. People quit talking. This table right here, this would, is an important table because if people at home sit around this table a little more right. and talk and be a family. So what would you recommend to men when their wives are acting weird, you know, screaming and yelling, don't want to do the right thing, follow their instructions? What would you recommend to men? How should they deal with that? Well, sometimes I think you need to take a deep breath and him not holler back and tell her he loves her because most of the time when women's hollering and screaming, they're crying out for help because they're either lost or they're having physical or mental problems because this world's not the easiest place to be in nowadays. You know that. And when you counsel with men, what do they want from women? Mostly they want a wife and everything that be there and they come home from hard ways at work and have supper on the table and spend time with them and be friends. To, you know, just to love each other. And That's not going to happen, huh? Well, I think it can happen if we work at it. Because yeah. God set it up that way, didn't he? You're right. It's supposed to be that way and it should be yeah. that way, but... Women don't, a lot of women grow up thinking, I'm not going to be cooking for a man. I'm not going to clean the house. We're going to both do it together. Or, you know, they want to turn men into women. Well, I don't believe in that. Yeah. I, I think it doesn't hurt. I've got brothers that uh, when their wives work, they don't mind washing the dish. That's or, right. If both are doing working, things, they should. It, yeah, and to help each other. But that's, see, having, you got to learn to respect each other. Yeah. And, and if you're not a friend to each other, you got to learn to be friends. And then the love part, the lover part can come in and be more special. Have you noticed that uh, the average man is weak and pathetic and doesn't know how to deal with life, period? Well, has a lot of them been in church? And have you noticed that, that? It's because I think... You have noticed that? Yes, I have. And, and why do you think that is? Because I think, for one thing, that a lot of them hadn't had the 
you know, people to show them how to act like a man. Really, really, most men think they have to be brutal and macho. Yeah, that's not a real and man. And that's not a real man that's because right. a man's supposed to be Godhead and he's supposed to and everything uh, teach his family about God. And, What's a real and, man? And I'll... Jesus says that a man's supposed to serve his family like he serves us. That's right. And, exactly. Yeah, and, and you can have a strength in Jesus that you can't get from the world. And that going to the bar, going out in those places, that's not going to help you any. What, and it don't make you a macho man either. So what is a real man? When you look at man, a man, you're looking for what? What's well, a real man to you? To a real man to me is a man that loves his family and respects himself and respects his wife and his children. You know, I, I had to example him because my daddy was a real man. Yeah. He loved my mother. My mother and daddy, to me, had the most romantic marriage. They didn't have a lot of money. My dad worked sometimes two and three jobs to support his family. There's five of us kids. But when a radio song come on the radio, there was nothing that my daddy and mama wouldn't might stop and dance together. And they always kissed each other hello and goodbye. And when they <laughs> went to bed, they kissed each other goodnight. And they set the example for us kids, what wow. love was really about. That's all right. Old time. That's right. Shouldn't we go back to what God <laughs> set up? We need to return to the good yeah, old days. Yeah, that's right. Let me ask, uh, so do you think you'll ever re remarry again? Would you marry again? Well, right now, I really don't know. Right now, I'm putting Jesus first. Uh, so you're not looking for a boyfriend? No. We can give out your phone number if you are. <laughs> no, no I don't think so. I got three grandkids that keep me plenty busy and the, the church works. you do right now is another man, huh? Well, if God brought one along and he's a godly man, I might think about it. But right now, really? it's too too soon, you know, because yeah. you, you live with a man for 38 years. You go through everything we went through because, you know, we, they're losing two daughters and everything and traumas. And my next oldest brother was killed in a car wreck and oh, all man. his family. We buried six in that family. And, That's amazing. And then the next year, my dad got cancer and we lost him and... Then I helped him take care of his folks till they passed away. And, you know, we had some trials and tribulations, but we held together and got stronger. Jeannie, what do, what do you think about, uh, what's wrong with black people? There's nothing wrong with black people. Nothing wrong with them? No, they're just like I am, except and everything got darker tan. <laughs> <laughs> As a white woman, white minister, and you hear that 70% of black babies are born out of wedlock, you hear that... You know, you hear black people blaming white folks for their problems. Uh, uh, they allow people like the NAACP or Jesse Jackson mm -hmm. and others to control them. They keep them angry. What are you, when you hear and see that, what are you thinking about that? Well, I just... You do see those things. Oh, yeah, right? I do. And so when you're looking at that and think about it, what do you think the problem is? Well, I think people, all people, no matter what color they are, go through a lot of hurt and problems. And I think a lot of them, they just need to read the Bible and see what Jesus said. We're supposed to love one another. But most of them and read the Bible. Eighty-five percent of black Americans say that they sure are, they are do. Christian. But, but uh, sir, we are with black churches right now. We do ministry with oh, Donnie Bracken. He's a black yeah. pastor. Uh, Brother Gambarell that has Faith Tabernacle. He's a black pastor. And, you know, they're my brothers. I always tell them I'm older than they are, so they're my little brothers. So, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. tease them. But they're great men. They're good guys. And they just got, I mean, people need to get down and realize God made all of us. 
How do you, so when you're working with blacks, other ministers who are black, mm -hmm. so you're working with their congregation as well, is it uh, easy for you to be honest with them? Oh yeah. You say, look, you're your own problem, I'm not your problem, I don't hate you, you know, you need to get over it, or you, how, what, what would be your response if they call, have you ever been called a racist? No. If they called you a racist, what would you say? I just tell them I love them and that <laughs> Jesus is in my heart and that yeah. they're my brother and sister, just same as a person that's white, brown, or yellow. God, you know, put us all together. We're his family. We're his kids. Have you noticed that uh, most white Americans are afraid to tell blacks the truth? They seem to cow down, afraid of being called a racist and name. Have you noticed that? Well, I think because one thing. You have noticed they don't, that? Yeah. And I think because they don't want to hurt the people because they know they've been hurt and they don't know what to say or do because, you know, that was something in the past and if I had anything to do with it, it wouldn't have happened, <laughs> you know. Cause the, the, the blacks who are complaining about slavery have never been enslaved. They don't know slavery. They have, you know, they're spoiled brats. You know, everything is given to them. Life is easy. All the slaves are dead and gone. 150 years ago, slavery ended. Slavery ended. So they are not suffering because of slavery. Well, that you have to remember, though, family hurts. They had a grandmother or grandfather or somebody that went through that, and family hurts. And Satan likes to keep the past, instead of putting it in the past, he likes to keep dragging it up, dragging yeah. it up, you That's know. That's right. Stir Remind trouble. How can he stir trouble between all of us if, if he can't bring up the past and stuff, you know? That's it's right. like when you're saved, you're supposed to all that past in the garbage, right. and you're reborn, you know? And, and, and So would you tell them that if the sure. subject came up? that you need to let the past go? But, but yes, I would. I'd yeah. say, you know, because they need that healing. That's because right. they've been through a lot of trauma. We're all still going through a lot of trauma. But I, I, the one thing I want to correct you on, the people who are complaining now have never gone through the slavery trauma. Oh, I, I know. You know the, the problem that they have gone through is that they have not had good parents to guide them. That's true. The fathers are not around. So the hurt is coming from not having good parents. It's not coming uh -huh. from slavery. Mm -hmm. But Jesse Jackson and others are telling them it's coming from slavery, I and know. it's not true. But see, we've got white guys that's having the same problems, and the babies are same problems. It's not color. It, right. It's it's but people. It's overwhelming in the black. Oh community. yeah, I know. Jesse Jackson, you heard of him? Oh yeah, I've watched him on TV. Uh, good man or evil man? Well, I think he's mixed up on some thoughts. I think he's a good man basically, but he's mixed up on some thoughts. <laughs> he just, you know. What's good about him? Well, I think he loves the people. You do? Yeah, I think he really loves and the people. And why do you think that? You mean he loves black people? Oh, uh, yeah. Why do you think he loves black people? Well, for one thing, you know, it's his brothers and sisters, and he's a minister, And but I just don't agree with, uh, you know, I think he needs to bring all of us together as brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. Jesus wants to heal these people. So if he loves black people, why don't he give them some of that money he, when he shake down white folks? Well, don't we have white folks that got money won't give it to the poor white folks too? I, I know, mean, but if know, Jesse Jackson love white people, why right. don't he help them in that way? I think I think we should, he should help all people because he's not just a pastor to the black folks, he's a pastor to the white folks too. When you are for God, you don't have any color lines. Let me ask you this. You said that he's a good man. Uh, abortion, is that good or evil? No, it's evil. You know God. Jesse Jackson he, believes in that. Well, I don't. Would a good man believe in that? No. He's mixed up. Homosexuality, good or evil? Well, God says it's abomination. Jesse Jackson support that. Is that. Would a good man support that? 
Well, he's mixed up on that too. He <laughs> needs to get down and read his Bible. Being a pastor, he should know what God says in that Bible um, about all that. One last thing amongst many. Mm -hmm. uh, he's divided us as a race yeah. more than any other person in history, right. I think. Would a good man do that? Well, I think he should. I'm not judging the man, you know, because that's up to God to judge. But I, I want to ask you about judgment. I'm just thinking he's mixed up on some things, and sometimes, you know, you get uh, in the situation of being over people. That you let that old pride thing and the right. greed and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it don't make any care difference what color you are. That greed and pride can come in on all of us if we don't watch it. I have interviewed other pastors on this show, too, and i got some more coming up. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm glad to be interviewing white pastors because this is, I, I want to know what they're thinking about yeah. the black community and how they see mm -hmm. things and why don't they speak up, you mm -hmm. know, and show love to black people by telling the truth. Yeah. So that, because it's the truth that's going to change us, right? That's right. And the so, truth set you free. Um, why is it hard for white preachers to say Jesse Jackson is an evil man and uh, it's wrong for you people to follow him? Why don't white preachers love blacks enough to say that? Well, I think it's the point they don't want to get in the middle of judgment, you know, because Jesus says we're not supposed to judge people. Well, how would you define judgment? What is judgment? Saying whether they're lost or whether they're, you know, going to go to hell or whether they're going to go to heaven. They're well, we're not in judging their right, whether they're right or wrong. Or But I, I'm not asking you if you're going to hell or heaven because no one knows but God, right? But in their actions, can't you tell if their actions are good or evil? Well, I guess you really can. And so if we see that their actions are evil, why is it judgment to say that? Well, because I always think there's hope for every man. Right. That doesn't mean that you, you don't hope that they get over yeah. it. But, but the things he's I'll, doing is really wrong. I mean, I right. don't agree with the abortion part. That's killing our babies. Right. But why is it so hard for pastors to say this is evil? And what you're doing is evil. I mean, don't we as ministers have a responsibility to point out evil and good? That's right, we do. So why? I agree with you. And my my theory, I'm sorry if I hit my mic here. My theory is that uh, the church have allowed the world ideas to come in. And the world said, don't judge me, don't judge me. Well, that's Because they true. don't want to face the truth, right? Yeah. And now we have ministers saying, well, I can't, I'm not going to point out the truth because I'm judging yeah. Is something, am I missing something here? Well, I think it's just the point that, too, you know, there's been so much friction between the races, and the black people do respect Jesse Jackson, that they don't want to put him down because they don't want to disrespect black people. But if you love God, and you're called right. by God, That's right. and you love him more than anything else, because you can't love the world and God. That's true. Right? So now you're born again, you're called by God, you love him. Mm -hmm. Why do you care that, you know, the black folks love Jesse Jackson, so we're not going to tell the truth. Black folks are loving the devil, and we have a responsibility to tell them. They may not accept it or mm -hmm. agree with it, but we've done what we're supposed to do as pastors. And That's I think true. white pastors have that same responsibility. Oh, yeah. We all do, really. So why do they say, well, they love Jesse Jackson, so we can't tell them? Well, I think what we need to tell him that Jesse Jackson is a man and he's got faults just like any other man and that he's lost right now. He thinks he's living the right road. But, but they won't lost. even say that. See, my, we, we're taught, I've always <laughs> been taught you pray for people with those problems because Jesus, you got power in that prayer. Pray for that man. you got to also say too. 
-hmm. You know, it's like uh, if you're healing someone, mm -hmm. you just can't pray for, for that person. You have to lay hands on mm -hmm. in the name of Jesus, yeah. rebuke the devil, right? Yeah. And so you have to use words. And so Jesse Jackson and men like Jesse Jackson women need to be rebuked. Mm -hmm. You know, they need to be mm -hmm. corrected. Jesus Christ didn't just pray. He went around and said it, too. You mm -hmm. know, he spoke words. He yeah. spoke to, to Satan. And as his representative, preachers are his representative. We, don't we have the same responsibility? No, that's right, we do. White preachers are not doing that. Well, we need they to start getting tougher then. <laughs> we need to look past about hurting somebody's feelings and start that's telling right. the truth. That's, that's right, because we're dealing with spiritual things. That's right. Not physical things. Yeah. And it's not the people, but it's the sin. It's the spirit that made a home in them. That's right. And we need to do it. Will you start doing that after today? Well, I try to do it anyway, but I try not to put anybody down because Jesus tells me to uplift people. But the truth is not putting you down. That's true. Isn't that right? But I, I do pray for people that's lost like that. Right. You know, and and I, I pray for Jesus to give them a deliverance and to open their minds and hearts, you know, to really realize what's going on with in the world that they're not helping people. Do you know we, we had to pray for our president every day, too, because, you know... Yeah, I used to pray to God every day, please, Lord, remove Bill Clinton from office. <laughs> yeah. And it finally happened. Yeah. And now I say, thank you, God, for George Bush. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, I pray for both of them because I was taught and everything that all presidents are men. And all right. presidents have faults because they are men. Is Bill Clinton a good man or evil? Well, he's on the both sides because I've seen him on TV repent. He's on both sides. Yeah, we're all. You can't be on both sides. Oh yeah, we. You can't be on both sides of good and evil. Well, that's the Bible says you either love one or hate the other. Oh, that's that's true too. But we all make fall short, though. We sometimes we're trying and. But Bill Clinton gone beyond falling short. All all these guys in politics, they get so much out there in the public. They get so pulled by Satan over into the that's bad right. things. Because it's easier for them because Satan's coming at them more because they got this power and they always got people coming at them wanting attention when and we, the money. And you know what, Gene? We, we have like less than a minute, about a minute mm -hmm. left here. Um, a quick, Bill Clinton, evil or good? Well, evil he good. he has some evil sides, but I do see some good sides in him. He does, I think, love people, but I think... He well, he loved people only for his own personal gain. Well, he did help our country on uh, the money situation about getting our, where we're not, wasn't so broke and people had jobs right now. People don't have jobs. Gina, I'm going to hold you over for the next show. Okay. We're, we're running out of time. So I want, when we come back, I want you to define judgment for me. Uh, I want to uh, give the, we have mm -hmm. thousands and thousands of people looking and listening yeah. to us today. And I want to define judgment because that's a word that's been misused mm -hmm. by people in the church. Yeah. Will you do that for me? I'll try my best. <laughs> All right. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow. Welcome to the show. My name is Jesse Peterson. Thank you for tuning in. My guest today is Jeannie Strickland. She's a co-pastor of Christian Tabernacle Church in Midland, Texas. And um, again, thanks for staying over, Jeannie. Oh, well, I'm enjoying it. Um, I want to talk to you about some other issue that we didn't pick up on last time you were okay. with me. I want to talk about judgment. Define judgment for me. 
Well, I think when you look at a person's uh, actions as far as their fruit and working for the Lord and things they do like that, that's how I think you should look at a man and know whether he's a good man or not or right. and whether he uh, is a bad person or not is the things he does to hurt other people. That's what makes, a, to me, a person bad. And So judgment is looking at a person's action? Uh, to me. Okay. Are we supposed to do that? Well, we're not supposed to judge whether they're uh, going to heaven or to hell, but we're supposed to and everything, like you were talking earlier, that uh, we're supposed to judge whether there are good people or bad people. Right. And, and I think when you see a person out working for the Lord and doing things, you know that's a good person, that he loves the Lord, he loves his family, he, you know, or if it's a lady that she loves the Lord and her family, you know, because, you know, it don't make any difference whether you're man or woman. You can both still do things wrong or do things good. So why do, why do I hear ministers saying, don't judge? If you're supposed to judge, uh, why do they say don't judge? Well, I don't think you're really supposed to judge them, but I think you're supposed to have sense enough to know whether you're in a company of somebody that's in sin because... You're witness to people that's living in sin and that's right. try to bring them to the Lord, but if you hang around and you can get drawn into what they're doing. You know, if you don't watch it, old Satan's a sneaky fella and everything. He'll try to <laughs> pull you right back down if that's he can. Right. I say that judgment is simply not hating. No. You know, if you see a bad person, but you don't hate that person, no. then you're not judging them. That's true. And so, uh, but you have a responsibility to say to that person mm -hmm. or point out that this mm -hmm. person is wrong, mm -hmm. what he's doing is evil, yeah. if it is evil, yeah. or if it's good, what he's doing is good. Mm -hmm. And so you agree with me, that's how they should be doing that's it? That's right. right. So when I say that Bill Clinton is an evil man, would you agree with that or disagree? Well, I think he's evil in some points and he's evil, uh, good in some points too because... Can you be good and evil? I think we all can do that. You can be both. Yeah, at times, if we don't have Jesus in our hearts. Let's say, but Bill Clinton claimed because, to have Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so if he has Jesus, can he be good and evil? Well, if he gets Jesus in his heart, I think the evil part gets cast out. Right. And if you're really walking with Jesus and everything, it's not hard to be on the good side. Because yeah, right. if you're renewed, you're reborn, you're not the same old person, you throw that garbage in the trash can that was back in the past, and you go on from there and you work for the Lord and love so the Lord. So would you say Bill Clinton is an evil man then, since he's doing some evil things? I think he's a mistaken man. I think we're... Because uh, he does go to church. And, right, but the devil he, goes to church. Well, he's not in my church. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't get in there. The Lord's too strong. Spirit in there is too strong. He couldn't dare step foot in that door. <laughs> Bill Clinton cheated on his wife. A man falls short, but he did repent for that. I he know was that. Forced to repent. He lied until they made him say he did it. Yeah, that, that was the wrong. I did not have sex with that woman. Monica Lewinsky. That's right. And, and he lied, that, lied, that, lied. men don't do that. They think, well, I made a mistake instead of. Stepping up to the place, I goofed up, made a mistake, and I'm sorry because I fell short and everything. Do you think cheating they try to... on your wife is a, mis is a mistake? It takes time to cheat. A mistake is when you stomp your toe. Yeah. But when you're cheating, you got to think about it. you got to yeah. pick her up. you got to take her to the motel. you got to take her to dinner first. 
yeah. and then to the motel. So you have to think about it. And so that doesn't seem like a mistake to me. Well, it's hard for me to judge or speak on that because I never did do that myself. So I, I, I died in that kind of life. <laughs> I know, but as a minister, a co-pastor, and a counselor of people who are yeah. lost, you have a responsibility to deal with that, right? But Jesus does say we're supposed to forgive and right. try to hold, hold our marriage together. Uh, you have to have goodness in marriage because men are not perfect, you know, Men do fall short. Women aren't perfect. They fall short. I mean... Right. I'm not saying leave them, but we have to call it what it is. Well, well it is evil yeah. when you commit adultery and you hurt your wife and, and your you children. Know, or right. if the woman hurts her husband and wife and children, that is evil. If you want and to call the one it, thing I notice about God, he really, really, really hate people to... Uh, he hate adultery. Mm -hmm. Because it brings on so much hardship and yeah. so much destruction. I know it. It's He's really against that. Well, when he puts a man and woman together, that's a covenant that's with right. him. Yes, ma'am. And then when he makes that covenant, he doesn't want anybody to tear it up. That's right. And when a man or a woman, either one, breaks that covenant, God's not happy with it. That's right. What is love, Gene? Well, love, first off, is the Lord. God says he is love. And when you, you love God and you care about your husband's supposed to be your Godhead. And when you love God and you can love your husband, you know, that way too, they, you know, you put them first. And you care about their needs before young. That's and, right. and you put them first. Yeah. And people are so mixed up today about just because you put somebody first don't mean you're not important. That's right. Because if you love your husband... He can love you back that much more. A lot of people think, let me ask you this. When someone say, oh, I love you, I love you, and they feel all emotional, mm -hmm. you know, goo-goo eyes, oh, all yeah. that. is that love? Well, sometimes it's sex, to <laughs> put it bluntly. They get, mixed up, they get mixed up. They think sex is love. That's right. And it's not because you have to go beyond that, you know. That's right. Because you got to love a person whether they can have sex or not. You know, you got to, the main thing I think in marriage, really, you got to be friends. Yeah. You got to respect each other. And you got to talk to each other. If your husband had cheated on you, would you have stayed with him or left him? Well, I went through that. And I he did. cheated on you? He sure did. When he was drinking and we was going through those valley walks in our marriage, I prayed about it. He cheated on you more than once? He, he done it twice. Really? And how did you find out? Well, he told me the first time. He so was he came home and it. said, oh, hi, honey, I'm home. I cheated tonight. No. He he just told me what he had done because he's drinking. Wow. And uh, it hurt shocked? a lot. Oh, yeah. It hurt? I don't think anybody wants their mate to do that. No, it's not good. You know, it, I mean, because that's a betrayal. That's right. You know, God put you together to be his one. You know, so were you, you able to get over it? I healed from it, I, but I had to let Jesus do it. And then... By the time you healed from the first one, he came home and said, oh, honey, I did it again. No. It, what happened on that one is my child found out about it and it came home. And, and told you. And it not only, not only hurt him, you know, my husband not only hurt me, but he hurt my children. Of course. Because that's, he's not only betraying me, he's betraying his family. And, right. and besides, the main one he's betraying is himself. And were you able to get over it the second time? Well, it was harder, but I talked to God about it and... He's the one that 
So you lost trust in him. I did, and, and respect. And you, were you ever, ever, ever able to, able to regain it? Yes. When he changed and started acting, you know, like my husband again and quit drinking and, you know. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Well, you know. That's a hard thing to deal with. It sure is. Drinking is a hard thing because when you, a man drinks, he lets Satan come in because he lowers his defenses. Yeah. And Satan come in and he'll act like not even the same person. In fact, I seen my husband one time. I was in the car with him and he was, had been drinking and he wasn't even my husband. Satan was sitting there. Yeah. Each face changed and everything. And I knew, you know, that it wasn't my husband. He had let Satan enter in and take right. our call. That's control. good. You can see that. You know, another thing I've noticed, Jeannie, is that people hate to be honest with one another mm -hmm. because they don't want to hurt feelings. Yeah. Uh, should we be concerned about how somebody feels? Or should we, should we be concerned about their feelings? Well, it's the circumstances, I think. Uh, but I think you should always be honest. Yeah. And you, so, you can tell a person uh, what's wrong in a kind, loving way. Right. If you go and just throw it in their teeth and be ugly, I mean, that's just as bad as what they're going through. That's I right. mean, you that's know, right. you got to do it in a loving, kindly way because, when, well, what does Jesus do? He, he, he didn't hurt people. He always tried to uplift them. And, and but he was always honest with them. Yeah, he's you know, always honest. He just honest. told it like it was. He yeah. didn't sugarcoat the truth. Yeah. He laid it out. Oh, yeah. And if you love the truth, you accepted it. Yeah. If not, you well, know, he said you're going to die. Well, that's right. I want to ask you another question that uh, I run into a lot. I notice that whenever I point out the faults of black folks, mm -hmm. black people tend to do this, and I notice a lot of white people doing it too. Mm -hmm. They would say, well, white people do it too. They don't just say, well, yes, that's right or that's wrong. Mm -hmm. They would say white people do it too in order to say blacks are wrong. Why is that? Have you noticed that first? I think all people do that because they try to make excuses about what they're doing <laughs> wrong and who, what's better than passing the buck. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you, you've got to blame somebody else. I, I can't be wrong. You know, I didn't. You know, it's, right. it's their fault. <laughs> we, I think, everybody, all humans do that. I do a, uh, I do a radio show, mm -hmm. uh, daily radio show, and my primary focus is on. Uh, black folks, mm -hmm. because they've been lied to for 40 years. Yeah. They've been told it's not them, it's somebody else, and they're not responsible, right? Mm -hmm. And white Americans are afraid to tell them the truth. And so God gave me the responsibility to, to do it. Yeah. I've been called nigger, Uncle Tom, a yeah. sellout. I've had guns drawn, I mean, all that stuff. But what I noticed is that they always say, well, the white man is doing it too, or white people do the same thing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But when I go to the throne to repent, you know, I go to God and mm -hmm. I say, God, I'm sorry for what I've done. Mm -hmm. I don't say the white man did it too. <laughs> yeah, I think that's because we need the one-on-one -on -one, because I have to repent daily myself. Right. You, know, you know, we say, all have to. But you don't say God forgive me, but the, the lady down the road did the same thing, do you? No. So then, isn't it a mistake to say, well, yeah, blacks are wrong, but whites are wrong too? Well, I, th I think people are people and it don't make any difference what color they are and they're all going to do the same thing. They're going to fall short this way or short that way or they're going to get flipped in that way. But, Gene, we have a high, higher calling that mm -hmm. we're trying to get to here. Mm -hmm. And God, one thing about God, if we make excuses for what we do, we're never going to be free. That's true. You know, if we say, I'm wrong, but somebody else did it too, we're not going to be free. You have to repent in your heart, admit that you're wrong, mm -hmm. no matter what the That's other person right. done to you or 
uh, what they're doing. But I know in my experience, anytime you tell a person that they're wrong, whether it's an adult person or a child, it's always somebody else's fault. That's right. You know, that's right. Because they don't want to take the responsibility for what they did wrong, you know. And, and that's, why that's what I'd like to try to t tell everybody. You know, we all got to answer to the good Lord. That's right. That's right. He, he, he's the one we got to answer to and that there's no excuses in heaven. That's right. We got to never think talk to God daily. We got to ask in Jesus' name to be, you know, set free from the things that's causing us to do these things. But because he's not going to set us free if we can't admit that we're wrong. That's right. And, and that, that's, that's the pride. You know, that's the pride? Yes. And that's that's the worst thing in the Bible is pride. That's right. And, uh, and I think people have a hard time dealing with that because, you know. Gina, I've been called all kind of names in the book. Yeah. Uh, one thing I notice is that whenever I talk about what's wrong with men, mm -hmm. Women go, yes, right on, praise the Lord, hallelujah, those men are no good. They're just, you know, a bomb and no good, right? And they're like, right on. You've noticed that, right? Yeah. But when you talk about women, uh-uh, you hate women. You know, don't talk about women. Is that, why is that? Well, they're both mixed up because women really don't know really what a man's supposed to be and a man nowadays don't well, know what a woman's supposed to be. But I noticed that women don't want, it's against the law almost to, to point out the faults of women. Well, because there's a lot of men that's uh, not saved that's out there. They're being bullies. They hit their wives. They hit the kids and stuff. And women sort of, guess, sort of bond together. And they uh, get a protective for each other because a lot of people have been abused, you know. But if you don't point out the faults of women as you do men, that's right. how will they be born again if, if they're not able to see that they're wrong? But I tell you, how they're going to be born again is... They need people in the homes to set the example. Women need to learn to be women again and wives and mothers and know that they're special doing that. Oh. There's nothing wrong with a woman taking care of her husband and her home and her family. That was a special job God give us. Right. And then we can form the man to act like a better man by setting the example being a good being mother. Being honest and fair yeah, and yeah, not resenting yeah, and stuff like that. And showing love and kindness and teaching them in God's ways. My mother... She read the Bible to us daily. Told us oh, let Bible. me ask you something about your mother. All right. I know she's in the studio with us today, but mm -hmm. I, I still need to ask. Mm -hmm. uh, you and your mother are close. Oh, yeah. Very close. Very close. Are you able to say to her you're wrong when she's wrong? Yeah. And you're able to point that out? Yeah. And does she say, you're right, daughter, I am wrong? Or does she say, well, I don't know about now, but in the past, mm -hmm. have she said, well, I'm the mother. You have no right to talk to me like that. Well, when I was younger and everything, I was usually, uh, sometime, you know, when I was growing up, I was being belligerent like all teenagers was. So right. Mama swung a mean pancake turner. <laughs> <laughs> and she taught us the right way. She she believed in the seat of correction. Right. But and, did she uh, take correction, though, when she was well? Oh, yeah. She, me, me, and her, me and her talk about things now. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm older, too, you know. Right. And, when you were younger, though, you said, Mom, you're, you're not patient with me. Or are you too dominating and you need to stop doing that? Would she say, okay, daughter, and change? Or would she not admit that she was like that? Well, I never had mother act that way. So yeah. I guess I was a blessed person because mother always tried to be fair with us kids, you know. Yeah. And she tried to teach us the right way, you know. And she always talked to us. Yeah. And my dad, he never spanked me one time. That's good. He, I, my daddy could talk to me about what I was doing wrong. And it would break my heart when I think my daddy was unhappy with what me. What would you say to children who are 
who do have parents that won't admit that they're wrong. You know, her parents say, you're wrong. Do as I say, not as I do kind of deal. Yeah. And they want their children to do the right thing, yeah. but they're not doing the right thing. And kids are frustrated by that because the parents are saying do one thing, yeah. and they're not doing it. And the parents are the example That's of what right. the children become. Uh, what would you say with young and older children who are dealing with that? Well, I've tried to even like in my, I could just tell it in my own home. I have uh, grandchildren that's going through some things with their mom, my husband's ex-wife. And uh, I tell them, always respect your mother. And don't argue with her, but you know what's right and wrong because let God pray for her and let God deal with her. Yeah. Because God says we're supposed to respect our parents. And I that's told them right. I never wanted to disrespect their mother. Yeah. And to let, let God do everything ask for healing for us do you tell them to speak up to her but don't resent her i told i tell them not to argue with her no no argument never settles nothing right i mean you yeah, can argue right. it's a waste of time to it, argue it sure is yeah. it, and if you talk things out calmly and quit putting each other down you know and just tell their side of their hurt and your side most people if you talk to them calmly uh, you know, I talk to you and maybe see your side, but when does you start it, hollering at each other, you can't get nothing done. Does it way. break your heart when you see mothers and fathers treating their children in that way? Oh, it does. Yeah. Have you ever tried to talk to your grandchildren's mother to tell her what she's doing wrong and, and what she needs to do? Uh, sometimes, but mostly I sort of back off because right now she's just not ready. She doesn't want to hear anything about herself. Well, you know, you have to... When a person's been hurt a lot, when they're, she lost her mother when she was a baby and was raised by a great aunt and adopted her, and her dad never was with her, and it, she's got a lot of hurts. Yeah. You know, sometimes when a child is hurt, that's when Satan yeah, jumps yes. in there. That's what he uses. To hurt, hurt them children. Yeah. And there's so many people out there. Yeah. I mean, young women, that's one thing. I think young women today, it, the problems they have is... So many broken homes. And what, young men, too, is the broken What is homes. the way out of that? What's the best way this young lady that you're talking about can get over her problem? Well, I've told her one-on-one -on -one myself that she needs to let Jesus come in her heart and heal that hurt. What does she say when you tell her that? Well, she doesn't say a lot. She just sort of looks at me. But when she's ready, I know she'll accept one of these days if I just, in a loving, kind manner, you know, because I do love the girl, and I know she's had a lot of hurts, and, and that's the whole secret to the whole thing, I think, in the world, if we can love each other. Will you and do me a favor? Will you tell her something for me? Mm -hmm. In case she doesn't see the show, ask mm -hmm. her to look at the show. But uh, tell her she needs to forgive. That's right. If she can forgive her father, yeah. her mother, that's all this right. stuff she's gone through. Yeah. Because her, the reason that she's having so much conflict mm -hmm. now is that she has resented or judged mm -hmm. the people who were mean to her. That's right. And, you know, when you judge people, you become like what you That's judge. Right. And as you condemn, you're being condemned. So you, you take on the identity of the person that you hate, right? Yeah. And But if she could just forgive them, God will forgive That's her. Right. And all her trouble will end just that, like that. That hurt little girl inside needs healed. Yeah, would you tell her to forgive? That's right. And then once, you, once she does that, mm -hmm. she can go free. Yeah. Will you, try, will you tell her that I for sure me? will. Tell her I said do that, I and see. she can go free. All right. Uh, I I'll had to go through that same kind of stuff, so yeah. I know forgiveness oh, yeah. is the way to go. I think we all have to do sometime or another because there's things in life. It's like, you know, when my husband hurt me, you know. Yes. I had to forgive him before I could feel better. Yes. Because as long as I had that anger and hurt That's me, right. 
it was destroying me more than him, that's you know. Right. It was bringing me down. But see, that's how Satan's sneaky. What you put out come back on you. When you, when you judge folk, mm -hmm. you'll be, you'll, you'll mm -hmm. feel that judgment mm -hmm. within yourself. That's right. You won't have peace. I had a young neighbor that grew up around my children. His mother was sort of a bad lady and sold drugs. And he was a very abused child, him and his brothers. And they come spend a lot of time at my house eating pots of spaghetti and stuff. And I give him haircuts. And he had this anger in him all the time, yeah. just seething, seething. And so finally I started talking to Gary. And he told me, he says, well, says, says, because his daddy tried to kill him. He threw him out of a car, a moving car and tried to kill him because despite the mother yeah well anyway he had this all this anger and i i guess you'd say i preached back then for a long time this child trying to help him because i told him i said son the anger you've got inside is going to hurt no one but you that's right i said you've got to forgive you your parents or you'll never get past it well the young man went on he started using drugs and drinking and just one day he he had always come see me and because i you know I always tried to show him the love he didn't have at home. Well, he is up, you know, he's the same age as my older son, 38. He is sick. He had done too much drugs and drinking and things. They destroyed his body, and he had cancer. And one day, I was over at my mom's, and he was looking for me, so he came over to my mother's. I'm fortunate my mother lives across the street. So my brother Roy was there, and Roy ministered to him because he's used to me preaching at him, but when right. Roy, he wasn't right. used to. And so when Roy started ministering to him, and Roy touched him and prayed over him, he brought that boy to the Lord, and one but a few months later, he passed away. Mm. So if yeah. I feel like God used the love in me That's to right. minister to that child when he's young, planting seeds, and then Lord used Roy to harvest the seeds. Gee, what's the best? How, how can a person? Well, how do a person know when they don't know God or have Him in their life, and how can they find Him? Well, I think when. You can realize you don't have him when you're trying to do everything yourself. Okay. You know, we us human beings try to fix everything, and we're just not capable, you know, capable of doing accomplishing all that. We have to learn. We've got to humble ourselves and talk to our Father, because He is our Father, and He'll take care of us. He's taken care of me through all this tragedy I've had in my life. And how can they find God? Oh, it's simple. All you just ask Jesus in your heart and ask him to forgiveness and declare him as our father and, and that's all it takes savior. that's all it's simple it seems so simple huh it is simple yeah and when you get him in your heart then all the rest of it comes along easier and getting a good church i mean that can feed you on the lord's word and but it's hard to find good churches most of the churches are not uh worth anything anymore because they become about religion right. it's not your brother about, was making the point earlier during yeah. the break that a lot of preachers try to appease mm -hmm. the congregation mm -hmm. you know preach what they want to hear rather than preaching the truth and as a result people are not being helped that's they're not right. being saved that's a sad part right now yeah. and that's what our ministry is about and brother donnie bracket's ministry is about and uh pastor gabriel at faith tabernacle that's what they're about they're they want they take the nomination and put it aside and and bring jesus back in to the center fold and yeah. and teach Jesus what Jesus would have us do and Jesus wants us to do like he did love people and lift people up and put that first bringing people to the Lord first not just standing up preaching you can preach all day long but if you don't have <laughs> Lord in it it's yeah. you, you know it's not going to get forth 
suited to the people if it's, if it's not Jesus working, you know, it, um, it's not going to come out. <laughs> Jeannie, what, what type of person are you? How do you see yourself? How do I see myself? Well, first off, I'm God's kid. And then, like I said, I'm wife, mother, and grandmother right now. And, and I do love people. Do you have peace? I do right now. I can remember a time I didn't have that peace. Right. But God's put that peace in my heart. When my husband died and everything, he's the one lifted me up. When my daughters died, he's the one lifted me up. God spoke to me when my daughters died. My, when they died, it was when the Vietnam boys was in uh, the hospital, the war was going on. They were in Brooks General Hospital in Fort Sam Houston in San Antonio with the Vietnam boys. They're all in there together. I, God taught me a lot in that place. The hurt men were going through because of war yes. and the horrors of the war. And not only what I was going through, you know, I had a child lived eight days and then I had one lived 14 days. And, uh, Why do you think you suffer so much in life? Well, I think sometimes I think Satan come at me and I think God allowed it to go through it to make me stronger so I could understand other people's hurts. Wow. And so today you have peace. Mm -hmm. And it's like, is it, is it as though you've never gone through the things you've had to go through? Well, I know I've gone through them, but it's the peace of uh, God's understanding because, see, there was a time in my life right after the girls died and we come back to men and had to start over because we lost everything, that I had suicide in mind. And God took me to heaven, let me see heaven and see my daughters to know they were whole. Wow. And, and he Do worked in me like uh, how can people get in contact with your church in case they want to come and visit your church? Is there a phone number or something you can get uh, out? Yeah, it's... Uh, give it out for us. It's 687-0366. Uh, What's the area code? Uh, 915. And my phone number is 684-4557. All right. Gee, thank you so much for tuning in with me. I well, I really enjoyed it, and I've learned a lot myself. My name is Jesse Lee Peterson. I'm founder and president of a nonprofit organization, BOND, the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny. And our purpose is to rebuild the family by rebuilding the man. You can reach us at 1-800-411-2663, 1-800-411-2663, or, or at our website, www dot bondinfo dot org b-o-n-d-i-n-f-o dot o-r-g we're 13 years old we're not a uh, governmental organization we're a private nonprofit organization and i believe in the perfect order of god in christ christ and man man over woman and woman over children it is a spiritual battle that we're fighting not blacks against whites or whites against blacks but good versus evil right versus wrong I'm committed to rebuilding a family by rebuilding the man. For an audio or video copy of this program, please call or write the address on the screen. Please include the program number when ordering.